Hi guys, welcome back to the Earthy Delights podcast, where today we have a special friend, a good year, a, a good friend, maybe over over 10 years in the making, this friendship, maybe even longer, um, showing my relative age, but it's the Lapuad Aladdin people, welcome to Lapuad Aladdin to the Earthy Delights podcast. Hey, what is up everyone? Um, what's the crack, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing very, very well. You know, I'm glad to be on the Earthly Delights podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on here. So, yeah, man. Um, for people who don't know about you, give us a bit about yourself. I know this is going to be hard because you, uh, you were telling gyms before, <laughs> but you do about three million things. But, uh, <laughs> if, if you could tell those people what those three million things are, then that would be really handy. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Put it like this, me. Me and Delapo share um, one of our pastimes is modelling. I happen to I happen to do hand modelling. Delapo does a little bit different, but that's one of our our shared pastimes. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So pretty much um, right now, I you know my main job is as an engineer. So currently, I work for a tech company. Um, I studied chemical engineering in school. And so that's where I kind of stemmed off into that industry. Um, on the side, I've, you know, recently, uh, when I recently have started, I've had a podcast for now for about three years. Uh, so I have a podcast called Kings and Queens that I do on the side. And on top of that, um, I also model as well. So do a lot of shoots with different photographers in the Austin, Texas area, uh, Dallas, Texas area, Houston, Texas area. Um, so just trying to, trying to, you know, get my get my feet wet in that and try to see you know where 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 it goes uh, with that but uh yeah it's, it's it's been good you know i try to do a, i try to you know do a number of different things to see you know what i'm good at what i'm not good at and you know i feel like life is too short to just stick to one thing you know, i feel like you should kind of venture off and try different things and whatever you feel is that your main purpose in life that's where you should you know go ahead and pursue for sure for sure and listen, if I had your body, I'd be uh, modeling as well. So it's, it's groovy. <laughs> He's had the same body since he was 16, been yoked ever since. But uh, yeah, it's um, go, go. We'll put his Instagram in the profile. So uh, any of you ladies or gentlemen who want to check him out, you, it's all there. Um, just come prepared is what I'm saying. But um, oh, yeah, yeah. So to Lapis, obviously me and you, we met each other. I can't remember my exact age, but I was probably around like, 12 or 13 um mm -hmm. short and chubby so not much has changed there um and maybe just a bit more hair and less of a beard but and uh, you, you came over from america and you were like this exotic new <laughs> student with this new um with this new accent and everyone was like it wound up all the guys because everyone was like this fucking guy man he just walked into a room and he just says something stupid but as long as it's in an american accent the girls just go weak at the knees so oh, uh, we go yeah. that's how far that's how far we go back but um yeah go so how go. i wanted to obviously you know that people from will get guess obviously well not guess they'll see from the title of this podcast that where we're going to kind of focus this podcast on is is race and heritage and um mm -hmm. you know you're one of the few people um who's probably spent like a lot of time in america and a quite a substantial amount of time as well in the uk and i wondered mm -hmm. to you as like a black man in both countries were there any like substantial differences that stood out was one country I don't know, better or worse when it came to 
race relations and and how you whether you felt more accepted in one country or 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 vice versa i don't know how did you feel like when you compare the two uh so if i compare you know my experience and i guess the uk Mm. uh i feel like the uh you know the black people over there you definitely you know you you find you kind of find you know your your you know who who you know in terms of uh descent or you know because you have black people you have you know specific places for which you know where each black person is from so my you know myself i'm I'm nigerian you know so when i got to the uk you know what am i going to do you know i'm going to look for you know people who are like me you know i'm looking for nigerian people who i can kind of you know kind of vibe with in that aspect but obviously you know you have people that are from you know ghana or jamaica you know uh you have different different people uh but uh i think that it's when it comes to me you know being comfortable it was kind of the in the uk it was a little bit more difficult because there's not as many i guess uh, of black people mm. um as opposed to in america um you know america's big um you have different locations different different places to where you you know you'll migrate to to see black people or it's kind of more of a mixing pot as opposed to the uk mm. so comfortability wise, I would say the US in terms of race. Um, but I didn't feel out of place of the UK either, because, mm. you know, I was, I was actually born in the UK. So, you know, I'm very, I can adapt to different locations very easily. So for me, it wasn't even that bad. Um, I like, you know, talking to people with different races as well. So I didn't feel, you know, too out of out of uh, place mm. in that respect yeah it's worth pointing out for people who don't know as well like when Zalapa came over to England it wasn't as if he came to school in London where obviously it's a lot more multicultural he came to Skegness which would be like it's the equivalent, <laughs> con- equivalent of like English redskin redneck country do you know what I mean it's, <laughs> yeah. it's basically oh, yeah. the same it's basically the same yeah so I mean that's yeah. probably where yeah the lack of multiculturality I mean I was exotic in, in Skegness do you know what I mean so I mean <laughs> it doesn't really, Italian, yeah, Italian. it doesn't take much to be exotic over there uh, let's be fair people but um but no yeah it's an, it's an interesting one in your profile and you refer yeah. to yourself as british american and in your on your instagram mm-hmm. profile you have the nigerian and the um great british flag but you haven't actually got the um american flag which kind of interested <laughs> me um <laughs> i wondered like number one why have you admi- why have you admitted the american flag and then <laughs> number two is just like what does that what does that like british and nigerian heritage like actually mean for you yeah 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 okay so i guess the the reason why um you know it's funny you say that nobody's ever asked me that before that's a very very good question but uh i'd say um the reason why i left out the american flag is you know i think you know america is it's a great country you know in terms of you know opportunity and everything like that um a lot of people claim you know to be american um uh, but, you know, like I said, I wasn't born in America. Um, you know, I, I, I am a citizen there because, you know, I've lived there for so long. Uh, uh, but, you know, I was born in the UK. Um, my parents are Nigerian. Both of my parents are Nigerian. My mom was born in, in the UK. She was born in London as well. Uh, so, um, I'm sorry, she was born in Manchester. In case she's hearing <laughs> this. <she was. laughs> let, me, let me correct that. But, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, um, yeah, I, I just didn't see myself as, uh, you know, full, you know, 
full on American in that aspect. So anytime if I if someone asked me, I said, yeah, like I I live in America. I was born in, you know, London, England, um, but I am Nigerian by descent, you know. Mm. So majority of people who see me, they think, you know, they'll, they'll just assume because I am American because of my accent. Uh, but it's not something that I'll, you know, kind of say that, yeah, I am American because it's not my birthplace, mm. you know. Did that, yeah. did it feel like, um, <clears throat> I don't know how to put this, but almost like in a very weird way, like some sort of like homecoming or something when you were, obviously you were born in in London, then kind of moved out to America at a young age. But when you came mm -hmm. back to England, even though it wasn't London, but like you're surrounded by, I mean, obviously we were at boarding school together. So a lot of the Nigerian, I think if not, well, almost all of the Nigerian British people that were in the Bourne house, they all lived in London originally. So they would like go from London to Skegness. Um, so there's a lot mm. of London culture in the Bourne house, even though we were miles away from London. Although your mum, <laughs> right? yeah, although it's so funny, just a little interject here. It's so funny because when I came to visit Delapo, like when I was 16, it's like nine years ago now, it just feels mental. Um, like oh, yeah. your, her, his mum was calling like his friend, his her friends, and every time she would talk to her friends and stuff, she'd always be like, "Oh yeah, we've got um Seb's over here, like visiting," <laughs> and she'd always say, "Oh, he's from London," and I'd always like, I, I'd always, I'd always correct her, be like, "Oh, Miss Adeladin, I'm not from London." She's like, "Where are you from?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Lincoln." She's like, "What? How far is that?" And like three hours from London. She's like, "Oh, that's London." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, it's London." That's London. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so she probably won't be too upset when you said that she was born in London, because to her, the whole of England's London. But, uh, <laughs> oh, but, um, but no, yeah. How did it feel when you came to England? Did it feel like some sort of homecoming? Did you yeah. feel like you kind of belonged or something? I don't know. Yeah, no, it definitely felt, um, you know, when I first, uh, came to Skegness, uh, for school, I guess the first few months I didn't, it didn't feel like school to me. It felt like a vacation because, mm. uh, you know, prior to, I, I, would, I would go to, you know, London to visit my cousins. My grandma stays there. I have a lot of aunties and uncles that, st that stay there as well. So, you know, at, at, at first it, it just felt like, okay, this is just a kind of little vacation. Then until it's finally set in, um, in, in, in my mind, I was like, okay, like, you know, this is, you know, I'm here for, for, you know, kind of like a long-term kind of thing. Mm. Uh, it felt, it felt like, uh, it did feel like home though, because, I was already familiar in terms of the culture mm. in a sense, but the only thing different was that I've just never been to Skegness. <laughs> so learning Skegness, like you said, it's kind of like the, I guess you said the, the, red, the redneck town yeah. of, uh, <laughs> of, England, of, the, yeah. of England. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in that, in that regard, it was, it was different, but uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder when you went back to America, cause you, you came to England for, you studied in England for like two or three years, I think. Like you did your GCSEs and did you do your A-levels? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I did part of my A-levels yeah. and then that's when I came back yeah. to, uh, yeah. So how did it feel when you came back to America? Did it take a while to kind of like readjust and like, cause obviously the school system as well, just in terms of the way that your taught and stuff is so different. Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me that like mm -hmm. in England, it's a lot more like advanced. You're like, Oh man, when I go back to America, I'm going to be like so far ahead of anyone my age <laughs> and all that stuff. But like, did it feel like a bit, did it take a bit of a while to readjust, even though obviously you'd grown up in America and you kind of knew what to expect uh -huh. when you went back? Yeah. Uh, no, it didn't take too much adjustment. Um, yes. And, and, you know, coming from the UK, uh, you know, Skegness, uh, I feel like, uh, 
I guess the schooling system out there is is definitely a little bit more. Um, they focus more on that as opposed to you know America. They do focus on schooling, but it's more of a equal um, balance of uh, you know athletics and entertainment mm. as well. So you know you you come over here, it's like yeah, like they're very you know into education as well, but they're also you know uh some you know some aspects some people might even argue you know more into sports and uh entertainment as well mm. in, in in that aspect so um looking back at it it wasn't crazy of an adjustment it, it just felt you know like okay like this is, this is just school you know mm. here to learn and you know get out graduate uh kind of like the same concept but um yeah it was com- it was it was a good it was a good uh move for me though i think in in, in my eyes yeah Mm. and then to fast forward a bit like obviously then you were kind of stayed in america and i mean you're still in america's mm-hmm. texas and um got you obviously graduated and now you got your job and then very like, fairly re- in recent history anyway we should say like in the last it feels like years ago now but it really is like maybe even the last year there was this whole um you know flare up with the George Floyd incident and it was not just a national thing in America but it was really international um and it affected countries that maybe you would think kind of would stay out of kind of race debates for example I was telling you before the podcast in Spain there's not really many black people integrated in society it's not a it's not a topic that comes up much in the national discussion um and yet even here there were marches and so on and so forth um how did since then well i suppose let's start there and then how did it feel to be a black man in america at that period of time in such a momentous occasion that will like people will study that that'll be history for for like our kids mm. uh yeah uh black men in america during that time uh i guess you just felt more uh there's definitely more of a uh weight in i guess in the air you could say uh you know, whenever you go out, there's kind of uh, kind of looked at a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, than normal. Um, but it was I feel like it was a time to where, you know, for black people, it's the time for us to kind of like stand up for stand together as a race, um, you know, not fighting, you know, one another, but also kind of like trying to understand you know, why this was happening and, you know, what we could do to kind of move forward to make sure it doesn't happen again. Mm. Uh, so I feel like that's what everyone's mindset was at the time. It was kind of a, a, a place to where, you know, everyone wanted to come together, mm. you know, during that time because of what was going on. How, how did it feel? Did you ever talk about it with your parents, um, like at the home, over the dinner table or whatever? I mean, because to me it must i can only imagine like you've got two parents like you said they kind of emigrated from the uk to move to america not to say that the uk is like some idyllic place where racism doesn't exist of course it does um but mm-hmm. they moved to in they've got two young black male children like sons mm-hmm. to worry about and how did like did they ever kind of sit down had have a word with you or was it ever a point of discussion for you guys as a family Oh yeah, it was discussion every <laughs> every single day, man. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was definitely, you know, even before that, it's always, it's always been a discussion. Mm. You know, a black man in America, you always have that that talk like as a family, uh, you know, and just during this time, it was kind of like, yeah, uh, 
just little, 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 uh, I guess, uh, tips of advice that, you know, my mom and dad would probably say, you know, before you go out, you know, make sure, you know, you don't stay out too late. You know, if, if, if you do run, run into the law or, you know, police officer, you know, make sure you're respectful, uh, make sure you don't make any sudden movements kind of thing, mm. you know, cause you know, during that time, you know, you got police officers, officers that are, you know, they're very, uh, trigger happy in a sense. So anything you do that you think that might, um, that might frighten them or cause some type of a, an alarm, you try to avoid that. Mm. But it's, it's crazy to, to think that, you know, you're having these conversations because obviously it's supposed to be with the land of the free, you know, it's supposed to feel free in America, but that's not really the case as a black, you know, black man, black woman. Uh, it's just not, uh, you know, black people in America is a little bit, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, the racism is definitely, uh, a, a key part of, um, of America. And it's, it's been around for a long time. Mm. Uh, you know, people can even say it was kind of like, you know, the, the history, if you, if you date it back to history, you know, black people migrating to America, you know, the whole diaspora of things. I feel like that's, that's just what has kind of been, um, and it's kind of been drilled in people's minds uh, for a long, long time. Mm. So even white people has been drilled into their minds for a long, long time on how they perceive black people and vice versa, how black people perceive white people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, going back to your question, just, yeah, during that time, we, there are definitely a lot of talks between, you know, my parents, uh, even friends and family, making sure you're a little bit, you know, a little bit more careful uh, and, and, and aware mm. as well during that time. Um. Go on, Jim, yeah. go on. Dilapo, can I ask, can I ask, have you noticed a difference in the frequency of discussion about race with your non-black friends since George Floyd was, was killed? Um, do, you, do you think that it's, it's, it's really entering more into the average non-white Americans? Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely there's been more discussions. Um, you know, you have some people who don't talk about it, uh, who even during the whole time, they're just quiet about it. But you have people who, you know, spoke up, whether it was uh, through, you know, social media or, you know, going out in the streets, protesting. Uh, you know, you could see all those things happening, which is, which is good to see. You know, you had people who weren't black standing up, for, standing up for black people, black rights and everything like that, especially, you know, to the late George, George Floyd, you know, rest in peace to him. Um, everything that happened with him, it kind of shed a light on a lot of these things. And it's crazy because, you know, some people in, in America, some of the white people in America weren't really, I guess, aware of how bad it was until the George Floyd incident. Cause you know, there's no denying that, you know, you had the whole vid video, the whole footage, what was happening, you know, this was the first time, I guess, where people were kind of forced to see the bad side of, you know, justice in America, quote unquote. So uh, that was definitely a, a thing to where I do think, you know, people that weren't black, uh, they definitely stood up in, in, in that time. I want to know, Zappa, did your dad, did he grow up, um, was he born in, and bred in, in Nigeria? originally as a child yeah, yeah yeah i wanted to know because yeah, he was the reason i ask is because i remember at born school obviously the majority um were from were british nigerian and they obviously lived in london and then they would come to skegness and um 
I'm bored there. Obviously, you came from America. I don't know. How, I honestly don't know how Skegness like made it to <laughs> so far. But then we had like people from. <laughs> we had people like you know shout out to Myawa and Ade and those types hey. who came straight from Nigeria, and mm-hmm. like I remember like they would say like in in Nigeria. I don't mean, it makes complete sense, but in Africa and stuff, like race is just it just doesn't exist. Just everyone's black. What like why would you even? It's just not even a topic. It's only a topic like yeah. when they come to the UK or when they go to the US. And so, like you were saying, how with your, you know, with your parents, it's always been a, a conversation at the dinner table. Like even before George Floyd, it might just been a bit mm-hmm. more amplified now that that happened. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So for your dad, that must have been such a weird kind of transition to be like, oh, I'm I'm born in Nigeria. I grew up in Nigeria, and we're just all Nigerians. We're all you don't even see each other as black. You're just you're just humans. And then now you uh-huh. move to America and it's like, oh crap, now like I'm bringing up my children and I have to teach them about this abstract like conception that humanity's made of like, oh, this is a race and because of this, your skin color, you need to act in a certain way because otherwise you might get in trouble with the police or whoever. Like, mm-hmm. Have you ever spoken to your dad kind of about that, that transition or that difference? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he speaks on it, you know, uh, from time to time, um, he uh, it's, it's always going to be, you know, I guess the, the, the main thing he, he would say is that there's always something about this country, America, that when it comes to race, it's just something that's that's always there. So he knew even when he came from Nigeria mm. to the UK or from Nigeria to America, like, uh, he he knew how 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 it was or how it would be, but you know you don't really know something until you actually experience it. So you know during his year years of growing up and you know kind of learning these things, I guess these were things that he was able to kind of like just uh, be more self aware about to, to pass on to us, myself and my brother, to kind of you know you know allow us to not kind of fall into certain mistakes that would kind of get us in trouble mm-hmm. um or you know luckily you know by god's grace we weren't able we weren't you know put in a position to where we were you know in, in a position like uh george floyd uh so it was definitely something that for him it was it was a, like a culture shock mm-hmm. uh you know but uh it's he like he adapted to it you know my mom adapted to it you know you, you live here for so long it's just one of those things that you just kind of you know you just go go on with your with, with your with your uh life but just you you always had that in the back of your mind like okay like you know i am you know because of my skin color in this country i have to do things a little bit you know differently i can't be as free quote unquote as other people mm. yeah did you know uh, for people who maybe aren't familiar with you and your family your nigerian ancestry and heritage is very very like it's paramount like when i came to visit there was always jollof fries pounded jam ugussi soup like it's yeah. always do you know what i mean there was none of this american nonsense uh, you gotta yeah, you, know yeah, you gotta mean? have you gotta have the culture food yeah like exactly <laughs> there's none of that stuff so and it's yeah, yeah. but and i love it and obviously like growing up with you guys i, I was so lucky that i got mm-hmm. to kind of learn <clears throat> from you guys about Nigerian culture and it's one of the countries that I have like a close affinity to even if I've actually never mm-hmm. visited to my shames but I, I wonder uh, we, we, we yeah. all organize that but I wondered like yeah. <laughs> yeah and you spoke about it before you kind of touched on it how like in in the UK 
you know, mm. there's no, oh, I haven't come across anywhere. I should say that there's, I haven't come across a black person in the UK who doesn't have an affinity to their ancestry, who doesn't know where it is that they, that their, their kind of line of the family has come from and they can call and they mm-hmm. identify as British. And so they should, and they call themselves English or British or whatever. And that's, and they definitely shouldn't, they have a connection to the country, but they'll also be able to tell you, oh yeah, but my ancestors are from Trinidad and Tobago, or like you said, Jamaica or Ghana or, you know, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And they have it, they have that, um, that duality there. Which I think is such a great thing. Obviously, I I'm lucky enough that I have a duality nationality as well, and I I only think it just enhances people. But it does. I think it, obviously in America, you're kind of maybe a bit more unique in that sense. Where I feel unfortunately because of you know the horrible history that America has, a lot of black people there haven't got that or they haven't got that affinity to their ancestry. They don't know where it is that they come from. Um, and so they don't have like that connection that you have with Nigeria, for example. Do you think, how do you think that affects those people um, living in America? Because I mean, ultimately, I suppose my point that I'm getting at is, I mean, ultimately no one can say that America is their country unless you're Native American, right? So whether you're white or black or wherever, like we're, anyone there is basically an, an immigrant in some form or another. But because mm-hmm. white people rule more, in america even though they might have italian ancestry and irish ancestry or dutch ancestry or whatever it, they <clears> feel as if it's their country because they rule they're the ones who dominate whereas like and a black person says oh yeah i'm american it's like yeah but you're a second class citizen in america and i feel like maybe that lack of connection to a nigeria or ghana i don't know i, I imagine it must leave them feeling lost in some t- some senses <sighs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a deep one, Seb. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what yeah, we're here for. <laughs> I think that's, that's what we're here for. Yes, sir. Uh, I think, um, all right, let me say this, uh, for black people in America, right? You know, you ask, just using this as an example, mm-hmm. if I were to ask somebody in America, um, a black person in America and I say, you know, where are you, where are you from? Or ask, ask them where they're from. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to, they're going to say, you know, they're going to name a state or a city mm-hmm. in America mm-hmm. that they're from. Um, and I'm speaking to, you know, African-American black people in America. So um, they're going to, you know, they're going to say, maybe I'm from, you know, I'm from Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm from, I'm from California, you know, Atlanta, you know, what, what have you. Uh, if I ask, if I were to ask that same question to people based in, you know, England, the UK, people that I know in, in, in London, you know, they're, they're not going to say spots in, 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 uh, or cities in, 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 in London or in the UK or whatever. They're going to kind of give me a little bit more, uh, more depth in their answer. Mm-hmm. So they're going to say, oh, I am Ghanaian, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm Nigerian, mm-hmm. you know, I'm Ethiopian or whatever. Uh, so. I think the lack of knowing where, you know, the actual home country for African and black African Americans in America has caused some sort of, uh, uh, I guess a divide too. Cause it's like, you know, they know where they're from in America, but they don't really know where they're from, mm-hmm. you know, when they trace it back, you know, mm. uh, one thing I would say though, uh, what I will say is that a lot of people have kind of 
because of technology now, a lot of people have, you know, kind of gone on Ancestry.com or whatever, and they want to learn where they're from. They track it back and they're like, okay, like I'm a percentage of maybe Ghanaian and, or I'm a percentage of Nigerian or, you know, whatever it is, they kind of want to learn more about it. But it's not everybody who, who does that. You know, some people are kind of, kind of just, you know, fine with not knowing or they just don't care to know. It's kind of just being, I guess, the... The it's the it's the lack of knowledge in the, in that in that regards of just not wanting to find out where you're from. But I feel mm -hmm. like it's important to to know where you're from mm -hmm. and kind of. I mean, it goes back to why why I don't put the you know the American flag in in my in my bios or anything like that. You know, yes, I you know majority of my time have has been in America. Um, grateful to be in the country. You know, opportunity is great and everything, but you know. You know, me, my, myself, I know where I'm from, mm. right? So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say America because mm. I wasn't born here. Um, I'm going to say that, you know, Nigeria mainly because that's where my parents are from, right? So I think that's very important. You know, if you ask, uh, even, you know, even if you ask white people in America where they're from, mm. you know, you got, you got white people in America who are, you know, probably they're actually from, they're actually, uh, you know, maybe they're Irish or they're, you know, they're, they're from Germany or, you know, uh, a lot of people, a lot of them, they might not know where they're actually from. They just might just think that they're white. Mm -hmm. um, and even, and even, and even if they do know, they still try to claim America, you know, as their, that's like, that's, that's theirs kind of thing. And that's where it stems off of the whole racism. It's kind of like everyone uh, fighting for a land but they're not really fighting for their own land, which is their country back home. You know, you want to, if you're repping yourself, you want to rep, you want to rep where you're from mm. originally, mm. you know, why are you repping in a different country? Yeah. It doesn't really make sense, but that's, that's the basis of, you know, how everyone lives. Yeah. 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 Do you think as well, <clears throat> like, um, that, the, you know, the, the African-American people who maybe don't know about their ancestry, um, which is not their own fault. Obviously, the majority of people who don't know about their ancestry is not because they're willfully ignorant. It's because <laughs> it's been a horrible history that's led them to such a place where they don't like they can't see the wood for the trees in term for for lack of a better um, phrase. But do you think that it that because then they don't have a certain knowledge about you know? Ghanaian culture or Senegalese culture or Nigerian culture like you might or like our friends back do in in London that they kind of it that they buy into the western imagery of what Africa is which is like the whole of Africa is this like really poor place everyone's dying of starvation that like you you, you just see these what well, the stuff that you see on TV type thing and it takes like mm -hmm. someone either to teach you who knows about the who knows about the country because obviously the the continent's huge so I'm not going to kind of put it all in one but it takes someone who knows about a specific country to teach you about that heritage and that culture yeah. or for you to actually spend time there but unless you do like you kind of buy into this not nonsense, but by into this imagery that we're all sold that every country in 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 Africa is just like needs our help as Westerners and they're all dying and they're all famished and this that and the other words they don't know that like Nigeria's got yeah, like the biggest yeah. middle class growing in like I think in the world at the yeah. moment. Do you think that that buys into it as well? And then then to what I mean by that is sorry to add on <laughs> that then they might be reticent to to then look into their history because they don't want to actually be 
connected to Africa because it's like I don't want. Mm. Whereas, you know, people in 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 America are all too happy to say oh, I'm Italian American because like Italia has like a good Italy has like a good marketing. So if you say you're Italian, it's like it sounds like a good thing. Whereas like to an ignorant person, if you say you're Ghanaian or you're Nigerian, it might sound like oh that's. Oh, I'm sorry. Like I'm, I, I'm, do you know what I mean? It's like no, don't be sorry. It's a yeah, great yeah. country, but do you know what I mean? Like because they buy into that Western imagery of, of Africa, they may be more reticent to actually kind of delve into their um, into their ancestry. Mm. Yeah, um, great question again. Uh, I think it's just because it's because there's a disconnect, you know. Mm. Um, and like you said, going back to what you said earlier, it's not. Um, it's no fault of theirs too. Like 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 I said there's 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 information out there right you know we all have the you know we have we have the internet there's technology now um there's information out there for you to kind of venture off and kind of learn more about different countries and whatever so um at the same time yes because of you know black people in america and how you know uh the history has been that's not really no fault of their own of for not you know being connected to uh, you know, we use Africa as an example to, to be connected to Africa mainly, uh, or even you know, it's just it's just not it's not their fault really. But it's it's a thing to where um, it does create some type of separation and uh, between you know Africans and African Americans. Uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago. I guess like when I was back in when I was in middle school here, being African wasn't really like. A cool thing you know mm-hmm. uh you know people you kind of get made fun of because it's like oh you come from you guys take you know lines you ride on lines to get to class or whatever like whatever whatever it is stupid stuff like that when it's not even true you know <laughs> africa <laughs> africa has very very beautiful places yeah probably i've seen places in nigeria that, that look better than places in america uh-huh. so it's like it's not even um it's just like i said people you know, when I was in middle school, uh, they just didn't know, mm. right? Right. So um, it was a, it's no f- fault of, of theirs, but it's just the lack of not knowing um, and the disconnect in that in that regard mm. uh, caused them to think those things. And it wasn't until like really until what was that movie that came out? Black Panther, right? Yeah, it wasn't until Black Panther that really created a shift that allowed people to to think that okay, like. Africa isn't isn't that bad kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Africa's kind of cool, you know. You have people, you know, rocking the dashikis, you know, wearing more black culture, and you know, for me, like, I was all for it, you know. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, you know, a couple years back you were making fun of Africans, and now, mm. like, now it's all cool, you know." But in my eyes, I feel like it's a good thing, you know. It's a good thing to embrace the culture of Africa. Yes. That's essentially where you know majority of people are from that are African American, um, and it's it's nice to see. And because of that, it kind of connected us in a, in, a, in a different way that hasn't been in, in like for a while. Um, so it's that that's been good to see. But yeah, to answer your question, there's definitely a disconnect uh, between you know African Americans and and Africans. Mm. Um, sometimes it's maybe jealousy in terms of uh looking down on africans uh like where west like people in america are just better than everybody else you know 
not even Africa, but all countries, you mm-hmm. know, they always had that mindset, like America's the best. So it's like Africa can't possibly be where I'm from. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that mindset that they, that they have. Uh, um, but it's just, it's something that is, it's been around for a while, man, but I think it's slowly changing though. Um, even I think it's slowly changing. I think people are being more aware now. Um, people are wanting to know more, which is really, really good. And I love, I love, I love to see, to see it, you know, the growth in terms of, you know, where, you know, where it was from a mind sp- mindset perspective and to where it's going now is, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Cause now it's kind of like everyone's, you know, coming together for, you know, the right thing and wanting to learn more about, you know, each other and, and respecting each other, respecting each other's countries, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Dapo, I wanted to ask your your feelings on on like politics on on obviously you you can't speak for like the black community's uh, understanding or appreciation of politics or the president, but I remember I did my master's a few years ago and one of the students was American. Uh, he was mixed race and his dad's family were from the Caribbean, and I remember like maybe a few a few weeks or months ago we had made this joke or like we referenced the, you know, when Kanye West was on TV and he says, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And then I remember that this same student was, was voting for Trump or told me he voted for Trump. And then I remember we were walking and I said, hey man, I just have to ask you, do you think that Trump cares about black people in America? And then he like looked at me, he was like, man, Trump doesn't care about black people. I've never felt that the president's cared about black people. And like that sounds strange considering just previously eight years you had Barack Obama there. But I guess I wanted to ask your opinion on that, like the influence of Barack Obama as president uh, for you, your family and your friends and whether or not you felt like I know it's hard it's hard to hard to feel even but like whether you felt that the presidents or like the po- the politicians that are leading your state and your country whether they actually care about this huge issue. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, when when Barack Obama was, uh, you know, elected as president of the United States of America, I think that it was a, it was a great, it was a great thing, man. It's like, you know, everyone felt that for once you kind of had the, you know, the politics side of things. Um, it, was, it was in our favor, in a sense. Um, uh, there was a, uh, there's definitely a sense of kind of like ease in, in the air during that time, you know, people felt at ease, uh, a lot of comfort because, you know, you had like one of your own in the, in the white house, you know, and it's just, uh, it was, it was a time where I think, you know, black people in America, black people. You know, all all over it was it was something that was uh looked at as okay, like wow, like, you know, this is what America stands for. I feel like it made America even look better in a sense because it's like, okay, like it's the land of the free, land of opportunity. Here you have a black man as president, you know? That's never happened before. <laughs> like it's that that kind of that kind of thing. It's like black people growing up, it's like you just don't think of it happening. It's like, it's, even when I was growing up, I just didn't think it would happen. I just thought like, that's just something that is not supposed to happen. <laughs> so when it did, it's like, whoa, like, okay, 
this is something that, uh, you know, it kind of opens your eyes to like the possibilities uh, of things. And, you know, it was, it was a, it was definitely a time of togetherness, you know, um, uplifted a, a lot of people. And I think Obama did a good job in that, in that um, regard to kind of, you know, get everyone to bring everyone together in a, in a time that uh, maybe people were feeling separated or in, in, in that sense. So, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful thing, man. Like when he was president, I remember it just, it just felt, felt very, very good to, to be in, in that, in that, uh, that part of history. Yeah. I remember when it happened, I remember it was at the, like you guys were all at the boarding school. I remember Tommy who like is from London and like, she Shout was like, yeah. And she was like, I can't remember if she was crying, but she was like visibly ecstatic. And I like at that time I was maybe fourteen or something, and I couldn't get over my head. Like I couldn't get it in my head, and I was like, "But you're not American." I was like, "I understand, I understand the Lapo being happy, but like you're not like you're not American. Why why do you care who's the president of America?" It's only now, obviously, that I've grown up, and it's what you're saying. Uh, like it's not just what it meant for America, but it's what it meant for Black people all over the world. That like exactly what the in the you know I don't believe this, but what people would say is maybe the most important country in the world that the fact that a black man can lead that country doesn't matter if you're from america or not like that's an important status but what i would say yeah. is or what i would ask i should say is you spoke about how in that time there was like a fr uh, more there's an ease in the air and it was a better maybe a more relaxed time should we say to be a black person in america but do you think yeah. he d did enough to actually create long-lasting change after his time in the president uh, in the white house because i know that we got the complete opposite with donald trump but it does feel like <laughs> okay obama's out and now donald trump's in and now any goodwill that was in the air for having a black president is like completely gone and we're <laughs> back to how it was before obama came in if not potentially like worse at least from the outside <clears throat> looking in like that's how yeah, it looked yeah. and maybe as much like i think obama's a great person but maybe one of the criticisms and it is a criticism that i have heard is that he probably he was a great status and he was a great symbol but in actual fact in terms of what he actually did in terms of legislation and the change of culture maybe he didn't do enough um, maybe that was an opportunity mm. wasted yeah yeah i mean <laughs> i'll say this you know um i don't know what it what it means to or what it feels like <laughs> to be to, to be the president i'm pretty sure it's a lot of weight right um you're coming in as the first black <laughs> black man in the white house mm. think about it you're a black man in the white house even the, even the name yeah. white house yeah. like <laughs> you're not supposed to be there <laughs> so it's like uh <laughs> it's 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 definitely a lot you know and do i think that he did enough i think i think that you know there's definitely improvements in you know with everyone, you could always look back and be like, okay, I could have done this differently. I could have implemented this type of change. I could have, you know, implemented some laws as well mm. that could have, you know, stood the test of time kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, he could have, he could have done that, um, done a little bit more in that, in that regards. But like I said, I don't know what the, you know, what the rules and how much pool he had to, to, to implement. Obviously he's the president, you would think that he can do whatever, right? But I mean, you have, you have uh, checks and balances. You have areas to where, like, you have to get things passed, you know, um, in order to create a law or whatever like that. Um, when it comes to the status of things and 
allowing people to feel at ease and bringing people together. I think he did a great job of that. I think he did it. I think I think he did a great job as, as the president. You know, um, um, like I said, he didn't have anything to go off of as being the first black man of America. So I mean, it's easy to criticize and 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 say these things that he could have you know done better, which are you know it's criticism, which is not bad. You know, you're it's good to criticize someone on what they could have done to make things better. Um, but like I said, during that time, it's just you know you don't you don't know you know you don't know what it is. You know what it feels like to be in the White House, and you know what what are the things that could have been done differently in his and you know with respect to him, like if he could have passed the law, uh, and you know people will say yes, people will say like okay he could use the momentum that he had, um, being you know being elected two times, and 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 done something, um, but like I said, uh, overall, you know. I think that he did a very good job. Could there have been things that he could have done better? Yeah, definitely. Mm. But I, I, I think it was, it was either, either, either way, man. I think he, it was, it was, a, it was a good thing that America needed um, during that time. And, and going back to how you're saying, you know, <clears throat> when uh, when Trump was elected and <clears throat> how everything kind of fell, fell to, <laughs> fell to shit, mm. <laughs> right? Kind of, you kind of, you kind of, I guess, what's, what's the word for it? He kind of undid or, you know, everything that President Obama did. Mm. Um, and it's, that's just, that's just, uh, I, I would say that's just life, man. You know, life, there's, there's never things that it's going to be always constant. You know, you're going to have changes, you're going to have ups and downs. <clears throat> so when, when someone else comes in that has a different mindset, a different ideology of how he thinks things should be run, you know, things are going to be different. You know, you're going to have people that think like Donald Trump and they're going to want to, you know, support him on on certain things so they're going to speak out more when president obama was president those people that were you know supporting for trump they might their voices were probably a little bit a little bit you know quieter mm -hmm. during that time but if they have a president like trump they're going to speak out you're going to be like oh wow like where did all these people come from you have a lot of trump supporters things are going to change you mm -hmm. know it's just it's just it's just it's just how, how it is um and i think that's, <clears throat> i think that's just one of the things that uh, people have to be mindful of is that you know, change is is it's always gonna happen. But like it, like you, I feel like it's just it's up to you as as individual to know, you know, what you think is right, what you think is wrong, what you think you should support and not support. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, that that should really uh, be your basis on how you kind of like conduct yourself when it comes to, for example, race in America. You know, just because you have a president that might not, you know. If you have a president at the time that might not be setting a good example, you know you should you should you you, you are your own person, right? Mm. So like even if you have a president, people always get so caught up like, oh, this is the president. Well, you're your own person too, right? Mm. So you can make decisions for yourself on what you think is right and what you think is wrong. So just don't follow. You know, be a leader. Speak out if you think that something happens and it's not right. And uh, that's just that's just that's just the nature. Of, of life i think you know mm. as you as you get older you get wise you kind of learn these things delapo i'm i'm a i'm fascinated by things that can't be measured right and what i feel like when i'm listening to you is that perhaps on the things that can be measured obama didn't really do as great as he could have done say for black america right but on the things that can't be measured 
i.e. like the pride or the safety that you feel walking down the street or the fact that you see your friends and you think, hey, we actually could be president. And that's impossible to measure what that could do for a whole generation of black people. Whereas I know, I remember Trump uh, was like bragging about how black employment was higher under his presidency compared to, tr- to Obama. Things, things that can be measured, but on things that can't be measured again, this kind of fear, um, this uh, trepidation, the, the fact that, Floyd, uh, that George Floyd was killed under Trump and that Trump was very, very, he was found wanting in terms of his response. He took days to, to visit the city. His, his response was kind of neutral in terms of defending some of the, yeah, it was, and these things, they're really hard to measure but you can feel them you know what i mean like you, you and i i mean you can tell me because i wasn't in america at the time but i'm fascinated by that by that sometimes things that can be measured take the headlines but there are things that can't be measured that are often just as significant hmm. yeah no that's that's a that's a that's a good way to 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 look at it actually um the things like you said going back the things that can't be measured I think, uh, you know, Barack Obama did an extraordinary job in that in that regard. Right. And sometimes it's the things that can't be measured that really make an impact on people because like, you know, you're we're people first, you know, Uh, you know, you can you can rep whatever, you know, wherever you're from or what what lives you believe in. But, you know, you're, you're people first. So if someone is able to make a profound impact on you um, within yourself, right, you're going to you're definitely going to, uh, that's going to take a toll on you and it's going to allow you to act a certain different, a different way. Um, going back to what you said, President Obama, you know, a lot of black people are like, wow, like possibilities, right? So you probably have, you know, young black people growing up, they want to be the next president, right? You know, that probably wasn't even a thing for them. They never thought that before. Uh, you have people thinking, okay, like, wow, like this is a black man in America. Even if, if even if this person isn't black, they're gonna look like okay, this is a black man in America. He did this, I can do. That means whatever I want to do in my life, I can do it too. It it uplifts people, right? So that, those are things that can't be measured. But uh, going back to the things that can be measured, yeah, that those are the things that take you know the headlines and the news and all that stuff. But but uh, you know sometimes those things are skewed a certain a certain way to you know fit people's uh, ideologies and people's. Uh, um, you know, their standards and they want to push that out to the public. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's definitely a, a great way of looking. I never, I've never actually looked at it at that way or kind of like had a, uh, a formal way of saying it, you know, the things that can be measured versus the things that can't. So yeah, so that's a, that's a nice way, man. That's, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Jim. Zalapa, <laughs> before we finish up, I wanted yeah. to ask, um, like I'm a firm believer that the, the only way a, something changes a situation is that the, pers- mm-hmm. the person or the group of people or the demographic that are mm-hmm. guilty in, in inverted commas are the ones that have to make the change so it shouldn't be up to the oppressed to to try and mm. change the situation it should always be the oppressor now as mm-hmm. a white straight male that leaves me with a lot of um <laughs> a lot of world problems to fix but what i mean by that <laughs> is that you know like <clears throat> if we look at racism right it's not for the black 
it's not for black people to teach white people how to think and what to think and how to speak and what words we can use and what words we can't use and how to make black people comfortable. It's not for black people to teach that. It's for white people to ask those questions, to do their own research, to do the reading. You know, if I think of homophobia, homophobia, it's not for gay people in the LGBTQ community to teach straight people how to think and act. And it's for the straight people to kind of suss that out for themselves and, um, and do the hard work themselves, right? And I think a lot of us, mm -hmm we kind of think of it as like, oh, racism, that's a black problem. Homophobia, that's a gay problem. Um, sexual abuse, that's a female problem, right? And so we kind of, it's it's a bit, as Joe Rogan would say, it's a bit squirrely, but what they, by doing that is they're pushing the onus on the oppressed rather than the oppressors taking up. Now, I'm not racist, but that doesn't mean that Oh, because I'm not racist, racism isn't my problem, so I can just leave it. Like I pers I form part of the demographic, unfortunately, through no fault of my own, but I do form part of the demographic that is the oppressor in this system. And like I said, as a straight yeah. white male, I kind of feel like I form <laughs> the demographic of every oppressor. But hey, um but um there's yeah. there's good things as well. There's definitely good things. But what I'm saying is that mm -hmm. like for you, how how would you like, you know, because there might be white people who are listening to this who have had very little contact with black people or people from other cultures just in general. It doesn't have to be black. It could be just literally a white person, but from that isn't from England or from wherever they're listening to this from, right? And they probably think, mm -hmm. well, I have no exposure. I don't like, I don't know where I could even learn about, for example, Nigerian culture. Like, I was very lucky. I went to boarding school. I was living with you guys. I had no choice but to become one of the become one of you guys and learn from you guys right but people maybe don't aren't as lucky as me and don't have those experiences so i don't know like how to ask this question but what do you think it is that we as white people could do that can actually make a real change instead of just going oh that's racism that's a black person's problem or that's black it's a black problem rather than actually take the onus on ourselves like is it is it just trying to reach out is it just trying to have conversation not necessarily about race but just like not be scared to kind of maybe instead of going to your local fish and chip shop if you're in the uk maybe just eat out at an african joint and just talk to the waiter mm -hmm. and like learn about african culture through that way if you're a real foodie or like if you're a music person like maybe start to listen to some afro beats instead of just listening to like heavy metal and try and do you know what i mean like there's different mm -hmm. ways i'm not saying that you have to go up to a black person on the street and just be like hey can mm -hmm. you teach me about racism that's not what i'm trying to say but like because <laughs> yeah. you, you'll get a slap yeah. in the face and rightly so but yeah what do you th are there like ways like proactive ways that you think white people who are actually willing to make a change can make that change <clears throat> yeah um i'd say the way you know white people can make a change is to it's to really it's to really speak out on on these matters and not stay quiet right um and i guess i'll kind of answer this question and i guess in two parts so like the first part i'm gonna you know raising like an example for example mm -hmm. like if you you know you know you're walking down the alley you're walking down the street and you see uh let's say you see you see someone on the street getting beaten up pummeled right there's a group of people just one just one person getting, and they're getting beaten up uh typically you know the right thing to do 
just to, you know, try to, you know, analyze or assess the situation. And if it's something that's, you know, terribly bad, you're going to try to stop it. Right. Um, if you see someone, uh, a woman and, uh, some guys trying to mug her, you know, tries to rape her, you're not going to stand back and watch, right. You're going to, you're going to go up and at least, you know, notify the authorities or, you know, the police call for help to help out. So using those uh, examples, it's kind of the same thing. Like if, if you, even though you are not the person that's being hurt, you know, you're going to try to, you're going to try to help out. So like, if you have a race, you know, black people and there's things that are going on, um, injustice, uh, how can you help your, the, the, you know, the thing that you don't want to do is just to keep quiet and just keep watching. There has to be ways to help. So like, I think that's the thing that is lacking. Um, and it might be lacking because of, because of, like you said, they don't know how to go about it. Um, but then again, like, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just common decency to want to help or want to, you know, kind of make a difference. If things, you know, what's good, you know, what's good and you know, what's bad, you know, mm. we, we know these things. So if something bad, bad is happening, you want to, you know, kind of mitigate that and try to, you know, try to help out, you know, any way you can. So, um, I'd say speaking up on, on certain situations, a, a good example that you just said is, um, maybe if you want to learn more about, you know, black culture, you know, go to different environments that you typically wouldn't go to try to, you know, learn more about, um, uh, black culture in that aspect, maybe you might go to a, a restaurant and they're, you know, they're serving majority, maybe soul food. And you're in that area, you're in that space. You kind of, you know, see how people interact. You're, you, you know, you engage in conversation, you know, it's all about being social, engaging in conversation and knowing a little bit, a little bit more about, you know, the side that, or, you know, the side that you don't know, you know, instead of just listening to what you hear on the news and listening to, you know, your friends or what they think of, you know, uh, a different race, go out and see for yourself and ask these questions. Um, like there's knowledge on, you know, in the internet, there's, there's, there's places you can go, but it's just like with anything, like if it's just, you know, some people might not want to do that. They, they, you have white people that just don't want to get to know black people. Mm. <laughs> so it's just like, I, I just see it as, you know, if, if it's, if it's, if it's like that, then it's just something that if, if you don't want to do that, then you don't want to see change. Um, and then, you know, you're kind of in that other category of why the country is the way that it is when it comes to race. Um, but it's just like, if, if you travel, if, if, if you're, if you're foreign in a different country and if, and you travel somewhere, you know, you're, you know, you're Italian and you go to France or you're France and you go to Nigeria or, you know, you go to America, people want to travel to experience different things and learn different things. Right. Mm. So why wouldn't you do that about a race that is hurting? Right. Why, why wouldn't you want to learn more about them? Um, and, and, and kind of try to see, you know, what you can do, you know, within yourself to kind of, you know, make that change, whether it is you have black friends, if you don't have black friends, you know, there's definitely ways you can still speak up about it. Mm -hmm. There's social media, you know, you can, you know, maybe there's an article that you kind of, that, re that resonated with you, you can reshare it, you know, it's all about conversation, com conversation. Mm. And, um, the thing that happened with George Floyd is it did a lot of that. It did a, it did a lot of, uh, allowed people to kind of 
uh, speak up on, on certain matters that they typically wouldn't speak up on and, and allow them to, you know, have these conversations with different people and, and, and try to see that, okay, why is this happening? And, you know, what, what, what can I do to make a difference? Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that'd probably be my answer on that. Just, you know, speaking about things, you know, learning more about the culture, uh, you know, anything you can do to, to make a positive impact on some, someone. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. Got you, got you. <laughs> oh yeah, he's been asking the hard ones. He's, uh, both, both of y'all, both of y'all been, been throwing haymakers. <laughs> throwing haymakers. <laughs> Delapo, I can't let you go without asking you a very difficult question. <laughs> Not that Sam hasn't already been asking you difficult questions. Um, <laughs> Seth be going deep <laughs> I um, I wanted to ask um, I, I mentioned before the podcast I listened to an interesting podcast today I've heard this a few times Why, like we can't ignore that there's a section of the, the white population um, that, are no, that are not overtly racist but are not incredibly sympathetic when uh, the conversation about race comes up uh, they're, they're not going to do anything out of their day-to-day to kind of promote the fact that there is like drastic inequality in this regard. And I'm of the belief that this has a lot to do with some of the, like a lot of this demographic feeling like, yeah, I can't deny that these these inequalities or injustices occur. However, I feel a bit... Uh, I feel like uh, I've been on the receiving end of some uh, unfair, um, not call it karma, I don't know if you will, un- unfair events as well. Uh, like, I don't know, my my my, uh, my dad fell into addiction, I grew up in poverty, um, my uncle was an immigrant, or my dad was an immigrant, but he wasn't an African-American immigrant, I still had to struggle like that, Um and I feel it's my belief that a lot of the people who don't, like you said, actively like share an article or, you know, go and try and engage with the different cultures and learn more and share more and connect more is that they feel a bit disgruntled that, th- that they haven't um, kind of received the, uh, hey, man, I, f- I, feel, I feel you or I hear you in, in the same regard. Um, and I wonder, like, does that make sense to you or do you have a different opinion as to why there is like a very steady, like a very significant uh, percentage of the white population that aren't, they're not overtly racist, but again, they're not, they're not really actively trying to improve the situation. <laughs> yeah, um, great question. I think, uh, I feel like it comes down to just not wanting to deal with it, like it, it's like it, that when you have people thinking like that um they're really just trying to you know they're aware of the situation but they're more concerned of their well-being um so they're thinking like you know why should i go out of my way you know to do this or why should i care you know i have responsibilities i went through hardship in my life you know it wasn't all roses just because i'm a white doesn't mean i had a good life which is true you know you have white people that went through hard times definitely went through hard things. Um, and that can't, you know, you can't take that away from a person, you know? So some people will feel 
like, okay, you have, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and people will say, well, you know, I matter too, white lives matter too, right? Um, but what I would say to that is like, that's just, uh, it's kind of, uh, how can I say, you're kind of deviating from the bigger picture. Um, you know, we all are living on this earth and, you know, everyone has their own problems, everyone has their own issues. If we were to all just turn a blind eye to everything that bad was happening, the world would be in, in a bad place right now, right? Um, you have, there has to be things that are done um, that you have to do to, you know, to, to make a difference, um, even if it's not within your nature and you feel like you have more stuff going on in your life that you don't care about another person's. And if, if you're thinking like that, it's just, it's just, for example, if you, if uh, someone's, it's like seeing a house that's on fire and it's, it's burning down, and, uh, you know, you have people in it, you know, it's burning down and, and you're going to say, well, I'm not going to help out. But my house is down the street. Yeah, my house, <laughs> my house down the street. Mine's also, you know, in not, it's not in good condition either. Right. But you have a house that's on fire, but you're going to be like, no, I'm not going to help because I got I have my own house to, to, to look after. Right. If you have, if you have that mindset, it's just not, it's, it's not a good mindset to have. You know, you think you have to be willing to kind of see the other side of things. And also, it's, you have to look at history, man. You know, you have to look at history and you can't compare the you can't compare the hardships of black people in America to, you know, your own hardship because it goes down, you know, years, you know, years and years and years and years of oppression and years and years and years of like, imagine, you know, I, I try to ask this question to, to, to people like imagine walking around as a black man in America for, you know, try to do it for a week and, and, and see the difference compared to how your lifestyle was, you know, you're as, as a white person, you know, speaking of black, black, black and white right now. So it's like, if you, if you were to do that for a week, you'll see, you'll see the difference. It's like, it's, it's, it's night and day. Like it's completely different on how you're treated, you know, it's little things, you know, the way you're side eyed on, 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 on certain things, if you're out in public and if you're in a store, you know, someone might think, oh, you're trying to steal or if you're, you know, if, if you're if you're wearing a hoodie at nighttime, uh, you must be going to rob some place. But if a white person's wearing a hoodie at nighttime, they're going for a jog. Like it's just uh, it's, it's different things to where you would definitely be able to pick up on if you were within if, in that person's shoes. So when certain situations that are happening like this with race, you want to understand and, and kind of see the bigger picture. You have to see their side, be willing to see their side. I'm all about being able to uh, kind of see the other person's perspective. Like, you know, like if even if someone was coming to me and, and a white person said to me, like, hey, man, like I'm going through troubles, too. Like I got this, this and this. I'll listen. You know, I'm not going to just turn a blind eye to it. I'm like, OK, like, OK, OK, I understand, you know, but let me tell you my part, too. So, like I said, conversation. You have to be able to understand each race, understand the person, um, you know, and, and not just not just, you know, feel like you're uh, not better than. But, you know, you, like the lack of not caring, that's just a bad it's just not a good trait, you know, mm -hmm. and if people continue to have that trait, things are not going to change. And I feel like that's that's a big thing that you touched on that, you know, people should do is to look at the bigger picture and, and, and see, you know, why is this happening? And, and, you know, try to try to see like, OK, you know, maybe what I was thinking before wasn't right. And how can I how can I fixate my mindset to, you know, how they're feeling?
So yeah, that's it. Because you 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 would think it's a possibility for them to use their own difficulties as like a portal or a method of understanding the difficulty that other that let's say like black Americans are going through. So instead of oh I have my own shit, like I'm worrying about my own shit, go oh this person also is struggling. I can relate to that. It's difficult. It's hard. I need help. We all need help. <laughs> you know. Exactly. 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 Yeah, I just want to say as well, like, um, anyone who says like white lives matter too as like a rebuttal to Black Lives Matter is like so. I'm going to be polite here, but like, it's so grossly <laughs> understanding what Black Lives Matter really means. Because when someone says Black Lives Matter, what they're actually saying is Black Lives Matter too. Because we all know white lives matter because they're the ones that get treated like first class. So when the black person says Black Lives Matter, what they really mean is Black Lives Matter too because we all know white lives matter. So when you go around and say, oh yeah, but white lives matter, it's not as if the black people are saying like kill white people because Black exactly. Lives Matter. It's the most ludicrous statement. I've yeah. it drives me insane that white lives matter too yeah. thing or like all lives yeah. matter or whatever because the, the, it's just yeah. I actually think it's willful ignorance. It's willfully I don't think I don't it think is. anyone actually believes that when they say <laughs> white lives matter they actually believe that like black people are advocating for the ill will mm -hmm. of white people yeah. and, and it's do you know what like I mean that. it's not like that it's just like we want to get on an equal playing ground. So and I, I think as well yeah. that what and me included in this, but, and that's, there's a sketch that I'm, I'm going to include on the audio version of this. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please search this up on YouTube. But I think actually it's, um, I think Muhammad Ali is being interviewed by, um, Parkinson in the UK. This is like in the seventies or something. And he says this, like, it's not a skit, but he says this like little bit in a jokey way. But when you actually like listen to what he's saying, it's so, it really hits hard. But he said like, he was like, he was a kid and he asked his mom, because you to go back to something you said before you're like a black president in the white house it doesn't sound right and so muhammad ali was saying this when he in when he was getting interviewed he was like how come he was like saying that when he was a kid he was asking his mom he's like mama how come mm -hmm. it's the white house and how come if santa claus is a big man with a white beard and he gives presents to all the all the all the kids and how come it's black male white people lie too and white people are bad too but it's called black male and how come you know what I'm the black is the black cat is the unlucky cat? Like you don't want to cross the road when yeah. a black cat's crossed the cat yeah. and this stuff. And he, and he gives more examples, right? And he, the way Muhammad Ali is, he kind of says it and it gets a kind of an awkward laugh because we're like, white people are like, oh shit, he's got a fucking point. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just like awkwardly laugh here because, oh. So uh, yeah. they do the polite British laugh or whatever. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's a good, it's a really, the point he makes is a really good point because I think. Even if you're not racist, you can very easily fall into the trap of like anything that's black, even if we're not talking about humanity, but like just black in general is kind of considered a negative thing. So like in yin and yang, the good part is the white part and has a little black spot, which is the bad part. Yeah. And then the bad part is the white. Do you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. all of these things. And it's just like how I think as white people, we have to really concentrate um, and do a bit of self-analysis and try to really kind of unwire those things that we have been unconsciously brought up with. So even little things like blackmail, it's a very bad thing. No one wants to be blackmailed. But why is it called blackmail? Why couldn't it be called grey mail or orange mail or you know some shit? I don't know. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? And this, like I said it all buys into, like you were saying, it all buys into this negative imagery 
that you have when you see a black person or whatever because you're kind of just brought up with this vernacular which is just inherently negative whereas white is seen as is the color of peace and the color of hope and yada 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 and it sounds silly but like it really does add up and i think like we need to even if you're not racist and even if you have you're very well um uh like a, you, you you know you're very well adjusted to the african culture you know a lot about african culture as a white person you have a lot of you hang around with a lot of black people a lot of black people are your best friends you see them on a the daily that's not enough to be like oh i'm not racist like you have to really kind of un untap and really work on yourself to see those little things that kind of just creep in there through no fault of your own but they do creep yeah. in there nonetheless no yeah definitely yeah I yeah that's that's a good point seb the the fact that it is conditioning and that i think a lot of people a lot of white people feel um like guilty and they feel the shame around the guilt but like you said it, it's in the culture i heard someone says say something like i'm like this because it's the air that i breathe you know as in it's almost impossible to grow up in a western country and not pick up something that is more or less racist and like yeah like you said it it's it's not it's not something to like beat yourself up about it but it is something to actively question and inquire about yeah exactly right like like you said it's impossible to grow up without some of those things infiltrating your system but it's definitely possible to get rid of those things if you work hard enough right and i think that's the excuse mm -hmm. that some of us some of us give ourselves as, as white people is like oh but you know I, I grew up in this society and it's not my fault i don't choose what goes on the news and i don't choose the words and the imagery that they use in the newspapers and that's true but you can choose to work on it and to like kind of rid yourself of that imagery and to when so when you read those words to be a bit skeptic and be like hmm is that really the case or is this another case of the news painting a black person as you know whatever a gangster or this that and the other when actually if this was a white person would they use the exact same adjectives and vocabulary maybe not i like to have a skeptical eye about things and that's definitely a possibility if you put in the hard work and it's definitely something worth putting in the hard work for um but yeah, Dapper, I really, I'm really grateful that you came onto this podcast. It's been a long time in the making. We tried to do this about a year ago. <laughs> I feel like we say this to every yeah, guest now with COVID, but like, um, but it is true. Um, but hey, maybe it's like wine. Maybe it aged like fine wine, and uh, maybe the podcast is all the better for it. But thank you so much for coming oh, yeah. on. Oh no, no, for yeah. And the the lapo. Dabba, please, please let me know the next modeling gig you have and t t tell tell your friends that you have a, a very good uh irish friend with some sexy hands and i'm wi i'm 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 willing to do rings watches let me know <laughs> sexy hands, i got you man <laughs> <laughs> i got you yeah I got man. You. yeah man. and if they're ever looking yeah, for i appreciate it for anyone who's you know short stocky receding hairline if that's ever their shtick then you know who to call you know <laughs> the, the people don't always oh, want to see man. a six-pack in chest right sometimes they just want to see you know a different type of belly and i can provide that a bit of diversity in the modeling scene you know oh man <laughs>
yeah it's all about diversity yeah. i would love to see a photo uh, yeah. shoot of me and delapo together just him there chiseled <laughs> and then just me like hairy and just like fat just stood opposite and be like oh it'd be like it'd be like the worst before and after you've ever seen but uh oh, yeah. yeah yeah nah, nah. yeah no i just want to say thank you thank you uh you know seven jim for having me on the earthly delights podcast you know I enjoyed it a lot. This was this was definitely fun, you know. Thank Having you. deep conversations like this, I think it's needed. Mm. Um, you guys do a great job of this. I've you know I've heard you know your past episodes that you've had as well, and uh, you know keep on going. You know don't stop. I feel I feel like this is something that's needed. Um, and like like you know just to, you know you guys are two white males, you know from different countries, right? Um, but you guys are you know you're you're coming together and and you know bringing people together for a greater cause mm. because you don't have to do this right but you're doing it and and that's that's what's beautiful about it and I feel like you know platforms like this definitely need more respect and you know you know applaud for for you know for what you're doing so thank you for, you know for you know allowing people to share their stories and, and and all of that so keep going don't stop don't stop. I appreciate it. That's the best review you've ever yeah. got. I'm going to like maybe, that might, be our, that might be our new jingle <laughs> at the start of every podcast. It just comes into that. But yeah, man. I appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you haven't already. Every review helps us climb the podcast charts so that even more of you can listen to our amazing guests. We really appreciate the support. Remember to tune in next week, but until then, keep safe and have a good one.